0: one of the city's uh, priorities number one has been for a few years now is building affordable housing mm-hmm. you know and people have asked well that, that's going to bring more people into our community Nah, they're already here
1: they're already here you know, okay. they're already
0: here okay. they're already in our schools right you know I mean we are already here you know we just need a, a more uh decent housing you know mm-hmm. uh for uh, for essential workers for new teachers for farm workers mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and it, it's so I think this is such an important thing for our coast side to embrace is the word because um, there are the statistics that farmers are getting older and um, there's not as many farmers that are interested in farming, like you said. Um, and so we, the sad part is that we may end up losing our farmland and we need our farmland to nourish us. And also, we, yeah. yeah, and also the farmland is um, important for climate resiliency. You
0: know, and the thing is, if we if we lose our farmland, then we're gonna have uh, people trying to develop our farm our land. Right. You know? And we don't want it overdeveloped. You know, when they see an empty field, they wanna develop the that field. That's true. You know, and that's what we don't want. You no, know, uh, we need development, but we need smart development. You know. Uh, by you the know, sustainable development, yeah, I'm okay with that, but, but when it comes to protecting or open spaces, you know, our farmland, it's something we need We need to advocate for.
1: You had an idea, I, was, I really thought it was amazing because we had a conversation about this earlier, um, about utilizing uh, leftover produce from grocery stores and restaurants to create compost. Well, maybe not even, maybe more than just produce, right? Just all the food that's left over.
0: All the food that is left over. Uh, so part of the the education and the research and learning uh, from other from other farmers, you know, across California, it's about applying that. We have a lot of restaurants in, uh, in our community, um, and you know, making a compost uh, is is one of the one of the other projects. You know, uh, collecting. Uh, leftover, uh, you know, food from our from local restaurants and putting that back into the soil. You know, uh, having, uh, again, working within organizations like RCD, uh, working with uh, groups from uh, UC Davis. And you know, that's another group I'm working with, you know, from UC Davis.
1: Oh, good, that's a big example, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, to be able to implement this, right, uh, the, the whole idea, you know, with some with the... Uh, the Sustainable, Sustainable Office of San Mateo County, they're already doing this in a small scale where they actually collecting uh, leftover food from some of the restaurants. Uh, so, and you know, also applying this in a bigger scale, you know, instead of going into the landfill, you know, we can actually collect, you know, the leftover food and put it back into our soil like to compost.
1: And how do we do that? You said there's a machine, right?
0: Yeah, so it's a, so what it is, you know all the collecting all the food and there's actually a machine similar to what a to what a grinder is okay you know that uh that you put anything anything that's uh that you put in a compost you put it through that machine it will grind it down and then uh, implement it in the soil uh that will be mixed uh with with other with with uh other things uh for example uh can be mixed with animal waste uh could be mixed with uh, already you know healthy soils adding my healthy bacteria to it. Uh, so there's a whole process, you know, that will actually, that, uh, that will benefit, you know, the collection of all this uh, leftover food and putting it back into the ground. So, and, but to be able to do this, you know, again, you need the location to do it. Yeah, right. You need the land. Uh, right. mm-hmm. And that's something, you know, I have been uh, uh, having conversations with, you know, with the uh, members of the RCD team here in Moon Bay. You know, and and like I say, you no, know, it's it's a it's a bit ambitious to some people. You know, to me, it's a vision, and it's a, with hopes that someday it doesn't have to be me. Uh, somebody here in the coast could do it. Right. Uh, like I say, you no, know, a lot of a lot of these things that go into the landfill could be used to uh, to regenerate our soils.
1: Right, absolutely. Instead of creating more greenhouse gases in the landfill. Exactly. <laughs> yeah
0: that's that's exactly the thing yeah. you know um uh, it's a, uh i've taken it uh you know yeah it's become you know a passion uh to learn you know about how uh to reduce you know the the green gases you know you know in our planet uh you know you know a little bit in our community how we can you know use what we have uh to be able to do that you know, for us is, you know, let's use that, you know, yeah. to make, you know, a, a strong compost that we can actually implement it back into our soils.
1: Yeah, just use it directly. Because this machine you're talking about just takes it, you just load it up in there and it takes it, grinds it up and it shoots it right out, right, into the soil? Yeah. That's amazing. Right
0: right, right over the soil. So uh, it's, it's a mission, you know, uh, I know. Yeah. But uh, I think it's possible.
1: Definitely. Um, so and now I just want to move on to environmental injustices. Are you seeing any so environmental injustices just for the audience is like a marginalized communities suffering from pollution um, or natural disasters caused by climate change. Do you see any of that going on in our community? <laughs>
0: of course. You know, I see that. You know, it's been happening. Uh, yes, uh, some of you might not be familiar. Uh, but Descadro High School and middle school has not had drinking water since the early nineties. I believe it was 92, 93 last time they actually had drinking water you know, source at the school. So I believe the state uh, are providing water, drinking water for the schools. Wow. To me, that's a band you know, uh, something, it's a, uh, it's some of the consequences that come from you know, pumping a lot of chemicals yeah, to be able to farm, you know, in, in, our, in our grounds.
1: Is that what happened? Their water got contaminated with um with runoff from farming yeah. chemicals.
0: So in the, it's not it's not only it's not only in Pescadero. Uh, other there's other other areas. There's uh, also we have uh, uh, farming areas like you Nosalinas, know, uh, Watsonville, uh, the Central Valley. For uh, you know, where we have our, our farm workers live, you know the farm, uh, the farm, farm labor housing that are being, uh, that is affected. Wow! You know the drinking water. There's, you know, there's uh, So when it comes to environmental injustice, there's one of them, the drinking yeah. water. You know, we know our farm workers were exposed uh, to a lot of these pesticides. You know, in the 70s and 80s, uh, where a lot of the farm workers were actually sprayed. You know, while they were still working, you know, uh, when the you know, with chemicals,
1: they were. I don't sprayed. know. You're
0: familiar with that?
1: Did sprayed, you? They, yeah. They were sprayed.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, how come they were sprayed? Because was it like well, an
0: act? No. So you know, uh, while well, they were uh, so the while well, they were still in the you no know, uh, harvesting uh, strawberry, I mean strawberries or the crops. Uh, the airplanes will go and spray the fields and the farm workers were still in the field
1: oh my god i had no idea about that that's crazy <laughs> i mean it I, is crazy. I, thought, I thought that okay so i knew farmers or workers were exposed to the chemicals because i thought they because they were working with it and spraying them spraying it themselves but i had no idea that they were being sprayed on by the the airplanes that's yeah. that's so wrong wow
0: so that uh i mean i uh, i mean it, it's been affecting the community all right yeah. uh, so when uh when the united farm workers you know became active in the in the 60s and you know it was that was one of the reasons about not having drinking water not having you know not having available bathrooms uh for the farm workers, when they're on the on the farm, many many farmers do not see farm workers as humans.
1: Wow, that's awful.
0: It is, you know, and that that's that's it, it happened.
1: Yeah, you it's in and, and
0: yeah. let, let me tell you, let me tell you something even uh, more upsetting. It hasn't changed much.
1: Oh that is very upsetting.
0: I it mean, is upsetting.
1: I think that um, wasn't Cesar Chavez really active in trying to um, make this this change in the in the farm worker and their health.
0: Yes, so you know uh, Cesar Chavez, uh, Dolores Huerta mm-hmm. were very active, you know, with the United Farm Workers organization uh, to protect the rights of farm workers. You know, but uh, they they have some unfinished business. Yeah. you know uh, this organization you know left some unfinished business and we would like to continue that
1: right. you know
0: to uh, to, uh, to give the rights to our farm workers uh to protect them uh, yeah. from uh from a lot of different things wow. I mean we I know a lot of stories not just me but many people know many stories that our farm worker community have been going through yeah you no know, I mean we're talking in the last the last year. Now I'm not talking about the last decade. I'm talking about within the last year.
1: Wow, what's going on right? within the last year? I'd like to make people aware no, no. of
0: that. Some, uh, some, of, you know, some still some of the farmers is still not uh, giving the proper recognition and respect, you know, to our farm workers. Mm. Uh, farm workers, you know, in California, uh, working under you know very harsh conditions, you know, working, you know, during the fires when they was working under the smoke oh, okay. uh, during, the, during the pandemic uh, they' still not being given the protection you know required uh, to yeah. stay healthy uh, so I mean last year 2020 brought up to light a lot of the things that we already knew uh-huh. right? uh, about the recognition of our farm worker community right right but but now, now, you know, people recognizing, you know, that we need farm workers. That we have a, we have a, in the, you know, community, in, you know, the coastal community, we have a lot of great, you know, farmers that give a lot of support to our farm workers. And we really appreciate that. Oh, you that's know, we, really we work with them, we collaborate with them about providing the resources. You know, a lot of our programs with Alas, they are very successful because we are able to collaborate with the farmers, right? Yeah. Uh, we're talking about from providing, you know, Uh, personal protection while farming, providing resources, education, uh, testing for COVID, now the vaccine for COVID, uh, be able to bring, you know, uh, all the resources, uh, food, you know, into the farms. So that's what we are doing. We are being successful because to these farmers that recognize the farm workers have to be respected for the work that they do. Absolutely. You know, and wow. we are very appreciative, you know, of these farmers, but not every farmer is like that.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: there are some farmers that can care less about the workers, you know. So that's, you know, so, so that's when, when it comes, you know, uh, to social justice, uh, to environmental you know, justice, you know, all these things, you know, come to mind, you know, knowing the history of farming in California, Right. you know, if you learn it, it's very harsh, very harsh.
1: Wow. I'm so glad that you've been here to enlighten us and bring awareness to these topics because it's so important that we know that so that going forward, we can make changes. That's
0: what, that's what, we, that's what we're heading, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: we want changes. We want positive changes, you know, for everybody, you yeah. know, for everybody in our community. So, so that, I mean, we're not saying, that oh, uh, we just want positive things for the Latino community because we've been, you know, underrepresented. We're not, we're not saying that. We have to change as a community. We want to move forward as a community. You know, recognize every member of our community. Give everybody the recognition, the space that they deserve. Yes. uh, And that, you know, that includes giving the respect to the farmers that have been farming farming for generations and at the same time taking care of their employees.
1: Yeah. And it's it's all, it's like all interconnected I think a lot of times we don't see that as a community that we're all interconnected and everybody affects everybody. So if we don't have farmers out there helping us providing the food for us and doing the labor, then we're not gonna be nourished. And then that's gonna affect climate as well. Um, And I guess in in certain areas, the the land will lay barren and the soil being bare will uh, release CO2 into the air. Um, and then the other problem is building on the farmland when it's barren or, or developing it is also going uh, not have, you're not going to have plants there. Or you're not going to have crops there that actually sequester CO2. You're just going to have a yeah. building,
0: create yeah. a heat
1: island. Once uh,
0: we lose it, there's no, no going back. We don't on a building, you know, to farm it again.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Once we lose the land, there's no going back. That's so true. Yeah, so there has to be a point of stopping. You know, it it can't just keep going on and on, continual development, because there's not an unlimited amount of land. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's when it comes, you know, when we talk about, you know, uh, affordable housing, you know, be, being sustainable, you know, smart right. development. Right.
1: Yes, I wanted to talk to you about that, because so how do you, like, sustainable, affordable housing, what is that to you? Because, I mean, if you build more buildings, then you're covering up the land, right? So.
0: When, you know, when it comes to, you know, uh, smart development, you know, building sustainable housing, right now we have uh, uh, families in the coast, you know, that are the living conditions. They're not proper for families to be in. Hmm. We have uh, crowded, you know, homes. Are we talking about two, three families, you know, in an apartment? Or overcrowding is not healthy you know for the families it's not healthy for the children to grow up like that
1: especially right now with covid having more yeah. than one family together yeah
0: we have been uh, we have been helping families that everybody in the family had to be put in quarantine because wow. everybody was infected
1: oh we're God. talking about
0: five to ten people in a, in a home that wow. were infected because there was no other place to quarantine. Yeah. You know, so when we think about sustainable housing, you know, affordable housing, it's about building a location, a uh, central location, where there's a, we reduce the traffic in our streets, uh, where we make it a, poss- a possible walking distances to everything that we need, uh, our schools, or clinics, uh, our stores, or jobs. You know, it, it's about doing that. know about creating building a location where our families will feel safe we have a decent place to live and they can walk everywhere
1: okay so the affordable housing we have because i know we have affordable housing out there on main street and then we also have is it called moonridge in that area so is that not that's not enough apparently
0: no that's not enough you know we i mean we have other members, you know, I mean, uh, there's locations in Half Home Bay, you know, like I said, that we have uh, overcrowding,
1: okay. you know, in
0: houses and apartments. Right. Uh, I know that I know that. one of the city's uh, priorities, number one, has been for a few years now, is building affordable housing. Mm-hmm. You know, and people have asked, well, that, that's going to bring more people into our community. No, nah, they're already here.
1: They're already here. You know, okay. They're already here.
0: <laughs> they're already in our schools. Right. You know, I mean, we are already here. You know, we just need a, a more... Uh, decent housing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for uh, for essential workers, for new teachers, for farm workers. You know, we have a lot of new teachers that, not afford, that are not able to afford to stay in Hafun Bay.
1: Right, that's true.
0: Right? So, you know, so affordable housing means, you know, new teachers.
1: Yeah. And then what about rent control? Um, is that something you, you wanted to talk about? Yeah,
0: actually. Uh, I say we, because we uh, was part of it as well, you know, about uh, three years ago, we uh, we came to the to a, C- a city council meeting and presented more than 300 signatures from the community asking for rent control. Mm-hmm. Uh, during that year, we lost about 50 families uh, that had to move on out of, out of the area because there was no rent control. You know, the rents went, I mean, double, you know, the, the rents, you know, uh, some locations, uh, so families were not able to uh, to be able to afford these rents. So, you know, either they moved with somebody else, that, you know, made a a credit home or they left the area. They left to the Central Valley, they left out of state uh, and completely moved, you know, left everything behind, everything they knew for the last 20 years, they had to leave right. behind.
1: And I even just know some, I mean, people that are not of color that had to move out of here because it's too expensive. Yeah. and, and- just teachers in general, it's too expensive. Even for my own kids' school, it's really hard for them to find teachers that will come out here because it's the cost of living is so high. So yeah, affordable housing seems like a very important thing that we need for our economy. Because yeah. if we don't have teachers and if we don't have farm workers, then we don't have a good economy.
0: No, no, no. And that's one thing, you know, that we have to we have to understand that uh, our farm workers or farms at the base of the economy, you know, because from that comes, you know, this. you know, there's no farming. What is, what are you going to be having offering at the the restaurants? What are you going to be having on the markets? What are we going to be having on our tables? So we need farm workers, we need farmers, we need farms, you know, the base of the economy. Right. Really basic stuff.
1: It's true. Yeah. Well, it's been great to be able to talk to you about solutions for these problems, ideas. Um, Do you have for our audience some top three things that they can take action on to um, do for our community um, to help it become a more sustainable, uh, welcoming, equitable place to live?
0: Uh, I guess that my first thing, you know, uh, something that I've been practicing, you know, uh, myself, I've been doing that, is recognizing every member in my community. Okay. Uh, just giving proper recognition, proper acknowledgement that that person exists in our community, and that's everybody. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that I think that's uh, that's the, I guess the, you know, my number one thing.
1: Okay, one. Say. Recognizing uh, every member of the community and their existence. Yeah. Okay.
0: Exactly. Everybody. Uh, Also, you know, uh, giving the opportunity. Give opportunities. You know, we will be surprised, you know, what that means when we say we give the opportunity to somebody to have a successful life, successful, happy life. Uh, When you give an opportunity to someone Uh, things change, you know, giving the opportunity uh, to be acknowledged, to be recognized, uh, to become successful, you know, things change.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: And the other thing is, you know, appreciate what we have, you know, it has to be really basic stuff, Uh you know, appreciate what we have, you know, support local businesses, you know, we have delicious food, you know, in in our coast. So you know uh, yeah enjoy a, a walk at the beach you know enjoy a walk downtown uh have a conversation you know yes appreciate what's around us really basic stuff you know uh it's not it's not really expensive to do it right you know take a walk downtown you know uh just yes, to see what's out there you know and, and enjoy you know we, i mean people from over the hill you know they know they appreciate what we have in the coast and us being here in the coast we don't appreciate it <laughs> that's it's funny how that works out you know? it is
1: funny we, complain,
0: yeah. we we complain about our visitors we complain about people coming from over the hill to visit us from bay and we and we complain so much that we forget to actually enjoy what we have
1: <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> that definitely can happen so, yeah, so you know,
0: I'll, I'll leave you with that.
1: I appreciate that. So your number two is give opportunities to someone to improve their lives. And number yes. three is appreciate what we have: our businesses, yeah. our farms, our beauty.
0: <laughs>
1: beauty of the coast. Yep. Gratitude is should always oh, be. That's, it's,
0: it's a great feeling to be you know to be grateful. You know, it's, no, it's a great feeling. I'm very grateful and it's a it's a great feeling.
1: Oh. Well, I'm very grateful that you've been able to join us today and provide this awareness and insight into what's going on in the coast. And we're so happy to have you on the city council representing the Latinx community and everybody else and, and helping improve the coastside for the better equity and sustainability and building economy and building community.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: A lot of our farm workers what we do not realize is that they have the knowledge you know to uh, to farm sustainably right uh, to uh, to protect our soils uh the rotation of, uh, of crops something that they were implementing you know back in you know in Mexico or, or South America right so these are not new techniques for them they just you know they haven't been able to uh, to apply that.
1: this is Local Green Half Moon Bay and this is where we interview our local sustainable leaders to learn from them get inspired and take action today I have with me Joaquin Jimenez the recently elected city council member of district 3 in Half Moon Bay welcome and thank you for coming today Joaquin
0: well thank you it's an honor to be here thank you for the invitation
1: You're so welcome. It's an honor to to be able to talk to you today. Really appreciate you coming. So I'm just gonna uh, go over your bio a little bit um, and then we'll start into some questions for you. So um, Joaquin Jimenez has lived in Half Moon Bay for 33 years and has been very active in the community for over 20 years. He um, has been a fifth grade teacher in the Immersion Program at Hatch School, Unified School District. And he has worked as a Juvenile Correctional Officer at the County of San Mateo. And you are a ALAS liaison and community outreach coordinator for farm workers and their families. And so I wanted to um, talk about your your primary objectives. Um, Come to four words for me when I look at what you're wanting to do. Um, One of them is equity and then sustainability. And then building community and building the economy, and so I wondered if you could just kind of talk about each one of these. So starting with equity, could you explain that
0: goal? Uh, equity. It's uh, It's something that uh, hits uh, close to home. You know, it's uh, growing up in the community in Halfmoon Bay, attending our local schools, and seeing the change. You know, the Bay is going through. It's a uh, it's something that uh that it's needed, you know something that we have been uh, the part of, you know the Latino community has not had the opportunity uh, to be recognized for the work that we do uh, to be the opportunity to be successful, uh, and that we, that goes along our school district that goes along you know our businesses in the community, and uh, I believe that our Latino community has a lot to offer, you know, a lot to give back to our community. And that's where, you know, when equity, we're really pushing for that, you know, to be given the opportunity, you know, to make the difference, to be able to show what we are able to do and able to offer. And that, and that brings into a, a sustainable, sustainability, you know, being part of this community, you know, Latino community of the coast, you know, uh, to be able to share with you who we are, you know, when it comes about our education or background or culture uh, or heritage. So, you no, know, so that implementing that, you know, to build a sustainable community, you know, in Halfon Bay, uh, we are at least 30 you percent know, of the population just in Halfon Bay. When we talk about the whole coast, you know, I think the percentage of our Latino population, you know, was, was a little bit higher than that. So, you know, so building their economy, uh, as you know, there's, be, there's several businesses that are Latino owned, you know, here in Halfon Bay, but there's something that we are not well represented. There's a place where we're not well represented and that's into farming. You know, the Latino population in Halfon Bay, uh, the coast are the farm workers, but they are not recognized to be farmers. So that's what we wanna be you know, to be uh, to be recognized. Uh, right now with the change uh, of farming, uh, or farmers that have been farming for generations in Moon Bay, uh, they are getting of age, you know, and uh, it looks like their uh, uh, families, uh, the new generations, they're not interested in farming. And we're not giving the opportunity to our farm workers, you know, to continue to farm, to continue the heritage that uh, is known in Moon Bay for, you know, for a hundred years uh, to, you know, to build that. And, uh, and that is also part of uh, you know building that, uh, that economy, you know, Halfon Bay, uh, something that attracts, you know, tourism into Hafon Bay is, uh, you know, what are we able to, you know, to farm, to grow, uh, to offer uh, to our community and to visiting communities uh, around, you know, farming and ranching you know, so building that economy, uh, being sustainable and having, you know, uh, equity, you know, where we offer the, this uh, these possibilities, these opportunities uh, to new generations of farmer, farmers and uh, ranchers.
1: Yes, and uh, the Latinx community has a lot to offer because they come from a heritage where they have been farming sustainably for many generations and they have, uh, a lot of skill and knowledge of, of, of growing and they come here and that's what they do um, but then they're um, a little bit underappreciated and um, they're not getting paid minimum wage um, is that correct
0: that's correct so know so or farm, farm workers uh, here in the in the coast you know the Some County coast uh, we have uh, we are talking about four or five uh, decades you know, that have been, you know, the generations have been here in, in the coast, you know, with the Latino population. And they, you know, a lot of our farm workers, what we don't realize is that they have the knowledge, you know, to uh, to farm sustainably, right? Uh, to, uh, to protect our soils, uh, the rotation of, uh, of crops, something that they were implementing, you know, back in, you know, in Mexico or, or South America. Right. So these are new techniques for them. They just, you know, they haven't been able to uh, to apply that, uh, you know, uh, in the in the, in their work. And the, you're right, you know, our farm worker community, they have an average income uh about $25,000 a year. You know, we're talking about there are, we have farm workers that are making, you know, 15000 We have a few farm workers that are making over 30000 but we have an average, you know, of no twenty five thousand dollars a year. That's way below, you know, the poverty level in San Mateo County. If right. you make, a family of four that makes less than one hundred twenty thousand dollars, you know, a year, you are in poverty level. Right. Right. So, so of course, uh, you know, or farm workers, you know, they are struggling. You know, they. Uh, I mean, we're talking about uh, how they're struggling with housing. Uh, affordable housing. They're t- struggling with you know with health insurance, mm-hmm. uh, and then being recognized for the hard work they they put into uh, into our farms yeah. and to keep our, to keep you know our farms alive.
1: Absolutely. And there is um there is a um you just were a part of the National Young Farmers Coalition's case study report um, where they put a bunch of information together about how our farmers are not being recognized, our marginalized farmers are not being recognized and how it's true that 98% of the farmers in the United States are white. And um, the land, there's inequity with the land and it's really hard for people of color to access and get land, even rent land um, so that they can um, farm. And I'm wondering if you can talk about that study a little bit and uh, let us know kind of what they found and how you were a part of that.
0: So everything started about almost four years ago uh, when we you know, came up with the idea as a Latino advisory you know, member, uh, we came up with the idea of building uh, farming co-ops, uh, creating co-ops for our farm worker community. Uh, from, that, from that idea, he has grown into what uh, it is now, you know, farming co-op, you know, Rancho San Benito. And the Rancho San Benito, uh, our main purpose is to find, you know, the farmland, to make it accessible for farm workers uh, to build, you know, to create co-ops. Meeting and working, collaborating with different organizations, uh, we find it very difficult. Uh, first of all, it was very difficult to find funding uh, to start a co-op, a new a new vision uh, of our co-ops, we have the funding now uh, to start our co-ops. And another challenge was to find the land to start our co-ops. Even the now I'm not talking about buying land. I'm talking about even uh, leasing land uh, to be able to uh, know to start these co-ops. We have a, uh, a strong team. Uh, we have a uh, People, we're collaborating with members of uh, Green Foothills, uh, members of uh, the Sierra Club, uh, the kitchen table advisors, uh, uh, other members of the team, uh, the director uh, of the farmer's market, uh, a lot of uh, farm workers, and and experienced farmers, you know, Latino farmers. Uh, We're also, you know, collaborating with, uh, with RCD about the education part of the program. We have been learning uh, from other uh, co-ops like ALBA that is based out of Salinas. Uh, we've done you know a lot of research, uh, especially have done a lot of research around you know uh, carbon sequestration uh, techniques that we would like to implement in our community. And even with that, it's very difficult. You know we are we continue to be uh, rejected uh, when we uh, when we do a proposal. You know, the experience of uh, starting a new organization uh, will be Ranch San, San Benito Incorporated uh, uh, to be sup- uh, I guess supervising the, the co ops. So, sharing this uh, with the National Young Farmers of America Coalition, I learned that it's a struggle that is nationwide. You okay. just mentioned that it's 90, 98% of the land is owned by, you know, uh, by white members of our community uh, with only 2%, you know, for indigenous people for uh, people of color, uh, black, uh, brown, uh, 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 Asian community that would like to farm. So we are very, you know, limited, you know, to the land. But when we talk about our coast, you know, here in Half Bay, you know, the San Mateo Coast. We have realized that we have at least 1,000 acres of farmland. That they have been sitting there, you know that that have not been farmed. You know now we're talking about you know decades. The problem with that is when you when you leave the land sitting there and farm, endangered species moving to this into these areas, and now you're not able to farm the land anymore because it's protected. We do respect and we appreciate our open spaces. We do that. I mean, protecting open spaces is one of my uh, priorities, but. When it comes to you know, to farming, I think you know this farming uh, uh, possibility for members for Latino members of our community, the Latinx community, is something that we needed. You know inequities you know coming to mind. If you talk about organizations that protect you know the open spaces, the farmland, they they have not offered much land you know to people of color. You know most of the farmers in the, in the Half community on the coast side. Are white. There's only very few uh, Latino farm work, uh, farmers that actually had to run their own business, you know, and they acquire the land uh, from somebody else, you know, uh, land that they on their own, you know, the lease, the rents are, are very expensive. Uh, they say, yeah, uh, it, it's, you know, the inequities, you know, are coming to mind when we, when I've heard stories from, uh, from, Farm workers that will, you know, ask for land to farm and they get rejected. You know,
1: wow. what are the reasons they're rejecting them from selling them or renting to them?
0: Um, they don't want to let it go. You know, uh, what it's sad is that many of these uh, old farmers, you know, in the coast, they are condescending, you know, towards our uh, farm workers. Mm. They don't think a farm worker has the possibility or the capability to become a farmer. Wow. You know, and that yeah. is, uh, that is it, it is upsetting when you know when you hear people saying, you know, that they will not be able to make it on their own, you know, that they don't know how to be a farmer, you know, that it's hard work. For farm workers, yeah. know what hard work is. You Absolutely. know, maybe they don't have the education to run the business, you know, but uh, if given the opportunity, or farm workers will learn to be a farmer, independent farmer with the proper education and proper support, you know, and that's what Rams and Benito is looking for. And that goes, like I said, not, not only on our coast, but that goes a- across the United States, you know, where it's not giving the opportunity. A lot of our younger generation are, uh, or, you know, farmers, they don't know the inequities, you know, to acquire the land. Right. It is expensive, it is expensive mm-hmm. by, you know, buying it, leasing it, if given the opportunity, many of our Latino and the Latinx community would like to continue that, you know, farming and ranching. Yeah. But they're just not given the opportunity. You know, like I mentioned, collaborating with all these agencies, having the funding, mm-hmm. having the proper, you know, organization to do so. And we are still being rejected, you know, to do, to start these co ops. Now think about when you are a a farm worker that asking you know for land to farm with no support you know uh, finding loans finding you know the equipment you know it's 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 very difficult
1: I think I'm going back to when you said that um, it sounds like the the farmers are making an assumption about um, the Latinx um, farmers about how they can't farm when they don't understand they've come from this background of generations of farming and and farm labor that that's just kind of an unfair assumption to make that they could never do it even if they don't know how to run the business yet i'm sure if they wanted to they could figure it out or on their own or that to get support from rancho san Benito, an organization like this would be huge so
0: yeah, so that, you know, when I hear stories, I mean, I've heard stories from uh, from different, you know, farmers in the Latinx community about how much they struggle to survive. You know, when starting their business, when they were actually, they used to be comments, you know, towards them, you know, from, uh, from old farmers, you know, saying, yeah, but do you just give up? Or just quit. You are no competition for a big, you know, for a bigger farmer. You know, uh, there are stories like this.
1: Wow. You know, where, you
0: know people, people farming in the coast. You know, when I mentioned to them, hey, this is uh, we want to propose this. You know, creating these farming co-ops. Mm-hmm. One of the first things I said, "Fucking, you have my support. You have my equipment to uh, available for you. My tractors, my irrigation." Any equipment you need, you have it.
1: That's awesome!
0: Wow! Right, and then it, then they will go into telling me how difficult it was for them, you know, to get started, because there was no one to give them like, to give them the support. And then you know the constant comments uh, from all from the other farmers is like, give up, quit, stop farming, come work for me or work for somebody else. Wow! Know? So so this is these are the things. That might been happening in our community, right. and I heard this from several farmers, it was from the Latinx community, that they were being told this to stop to quit, yeah. but they uh-huh. didn't. They continue. So, know so you see how difficult it is. Uh, I'm sure it's difficult for any new farmer. Don't really matter your uh, your background, you know, your ethnic group, mm-hmm. but you know, in this case, in our community. Uh, I've, I've, see, I've seen, you know, and I've learned about new, new farmers that came to our, you know, to the coast, uh, that been you know, the struggle at the beginning, but they knew where to get the resources, right? Because of the language, because of the connections they had, they knew uh-huh. where to get the resources. Okay. For the Latino community, for Latinx community, it's very difficult. In one, you know, they don't have, the language is limited Mm-hmm. The resources available for somebody uh, starting a new business uh, for somebody who might be not a citizen of the United States uh, to be able to, to get these resources and to be able to, uh, to apply or in qualify, you know, for assistance of the, you know, the state or the county. Mm-hmm. But it's very difficult, you know, mm-hmm. very difficult.
1: Yes. And I'm wondering, mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like we have some discriminatory laws that are ingrained in the system. And then they, of course, experience the it sounds like the discrimination from farmers. Um, it's all just kind of against them, as far as and then, of course, the pay that they get is also they're just so underappreciated. It sounds like so there's a lot going against them, is what you're saying. When they come out here, there's a lot of things, yeah.
0: A, a lot of, a lot of challenges, you know, there's a lot of challenges, you know, in Ranch San Benito. Uh, we want to be able to be there, you know, to provide the resources, you know, for any for anybody to start up in a farming business. So, you know, uh, working as a, in collaboration, like with different agencies, you know, as a, starting as a co-op, uh, learn the business, not learn how to farm, you know, learn the business of being a farmer, right? Uh, for example, I mentioned this to a uh, Chrislin, the CEO of the Chamber of Commerce in Half bay Bay. Uh, she mentioned to me that. Chamber of Commerce uh, provides the education, you know, the resources for, for to start up a new business, you know, the, and building the economy. Uh, so that that's one thing we wanna see in, in the coast. We wanna see about building, you know, that, that economy, uh, starting up a new business, and we have the people to help us do it. You know, we have uh, the Chamber of Commerce, uh, we have our uh, organizations, you know, the director of, uh, the farmers market, you know, to the distribute, you know, or, or crops, right. uh, we have a uh, the advisor, you know, team from kitchen, to, uh, kitchen table advisors uh, from other, you know, farmers that already been established and they have the experience to to do so. So you know, it is, uh, you know, we're looking forward to it. You know, we're not giving up.
1: This is You know, we, we're
0: gonna continue. Yeah, we are, if we have to polish, if we have to polish what we have right now, we're gonna polish it, you know, and make it shine, you know, and make it happen, and uh, so you can, so the community can see, you know, feel proud of what we are able to accomplish, you know, building uh, the a strong economy, give by giving the opportunity uh, to new people to start to start a business, you right. know, we have uh, ice sketch, you know, little you no know, scratches, you know, here and there. You know, and I have a a vision uh, for a location uh, that I've shared with a few people, including members of the RCD, uh, of how to implement the carbon sequestration in our community. You know, be a place of education for uh, our new farmers, uh, for our our high school, middle school students, uh, for our community to actually see what we talk about, you know, like the movie, uh, Kiss the Ground, know these techniques that have been implemented across the United States, been implemented in other countries, you know, uh, and have it here in our backyard, you know, and just inviting, you know, our community, this is what, uh, this is what it is, you know, this is what carbon sequestration is about, you know, don't just- uh I'm sorry,
1: just for our audience, I just wanted to clarify, carbon sequestration Um, is the process of drawing down carbon dioxide greenhouse gas so that we reverse climate change. And we have a huge capacity to do that with farming and agriculture and the land all around us.
0: Thank you for clarifying. It is. You know, I get a, a, when I talk about carbon sequestration and how we can implement that in our community to benefit our environment, to, uh, to heal the soil again, um, something that has been happening, you know, in the in the in the coast, in other, you know, other farming locations where we're pumping, you know, a lot of chemicals into the ground. Now we have our water sources are being contaminated with chemicals and not in not being safe for drinking. Uh, And all these techniques, you know, it's about rebuilding the soil, bringing, you know, uh, being able to produce, you know, healthy, you know, uh, fruits and vegetables for community. Uh, and for all of us to stay healthy uh, and to have it accessible to, I mean, in our backyard.
1: Yeah, this is amazing, and I'm, I'm so glad that you're um, you're focused on this because it's such an important topic to me too. Um, since I've become a soil advocate for Kiss the Ground, um, so you're saying I want to just kind of summarize. Rancho San Bernardo is a project that you've started, right? Yes. Um, and so your goal with this project it sounds like, is to um, have a a spot of land, um, however many acres you can get, and you haven't got the land yet, but the plan is to make it a space available for marginalized farm workers and farmers that are already working on farms to come and learn how to um, start their own farm. And you're saying you're going to, Uh, provide with Rancho San Benito will provide um, marketing programs and um, business programs for the farmers. Yes. That's amazing. And then, then the Rancho San Benito will be teaching them and probably just learning from them too about um, regenerative, regenerative farming in order to, um, to, uh, to get that regenerative farming out there. So we're building farmers for the future Exactly.
0: Benito. Yeah. That, is, that is the that is the vision, you know. And uh, Ryan Sabrito, we would like to implement it throughout our coast, not just in a specific location, but several locations, you know, across the coast. Okay. Uh, we talk about from uh, Pescadero, San Gregorio, uh, Half Moon Bay, uh, Tunitas, uh, I mean all across the coast, because we have farm workers all across the coast. So we want to be able to make it close home uh, so they can be uh-huh.
1: yeah close to their homes and you were also saying because they are also experts in that they specialize and they know how to grow different types a variety of different types of vegetables and fruits and then they can bring that knowledge together and learn from each other
0: yes so one of the things that I, I've learned you know in doing that research about uh, carbon sequestration and uh, farming at a small scale, you know, what I realized, you know, right, when, when doing a crop rotation, uh, when, you know, doing it uh, at the same time, you know, restoring the soil, you know, a small area uh, of, uh, you know, half an acre can produce enough uh, for a family of four. It actually can even bring an extra, a little bit of extra income into their family, you know. Uh, so. That's how simple it is. You know, We don't need hundreds of acres uh, to be able to survive. Uh, you, can, you can do it something uh, uh, as simple as that. You know, healthy soils produce healthy, healthy produce, healthy fruits, uh, and it protects our environment. It helps our environment.
1: Yeah, and healthy soils, another key part too that I'm learning is that healthy soils will hold water and prevent erosion and flooding and it'll, exactly. yeah, and it'll help us keep our water from the rain and bring that into the water tables and enhance the natural springs. And we could then use that water again for irrigation if we need to.
0: That's, you know, that's a, it's a, it's a vision, you know, that uh, chokes me up,
1: oh,
0: you know, just uh, yeah. yes, yes, to be able to, uh, to think about that, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Something, you know, uh, we are in, we are on an indigenous land, you know, something, you know, that we have to respect, uh, respect our uh, water streams, um, respect our soils, you know, and uh, and be able to do that, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a long shot, but, you know, we can do it.
1: I think we can do it too. I have hope. (laughs) I agree.
0: Hope (laughs) it's good too. If I've been going at this, you know, for about four years, You know, Uh I have hope.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's people like you, you know, that make a huge difference in the world. And I think that it's amazing what you're working towards. And so it sounds like Rancho San Benito will also help farmers that come and work on, but at the co-op and learn together, it will help them also acquire land later on for themselves near where they live uh, when they want to start their own business. That's
0: amazing. That that is that that is the goal. You know, once uh, when they when the farm members of the co-op when they learn how to run the business, they will have the opportunity to be on their own or continue to be part of the co-op. When I, when we talk about the co-op, it is they will continue to work uh, at their you know uh, for whoever they're working with. Uh, could be a could be a restaurant, could be a farm, could be anywhere. Uh, But in the, so the co-op, it will be done in their own time. So that means, you know, putting uh, 10 to 20 hour extra hours on the co-op. So they will help them to bring extra income. So they will have uh, the regular job plus being members of the co-op while they they learn how to run the business. You know, and the main goal is for them to say, uh, Joaquin, thank you. We are ready to be on our own. You know, and uh, please help us find the land so that we can continue uh, this farming tradition.